Mercury has to be in retrograde, marmalade, or Gatorade because these last few weeks have been so crazy. Welcome back to my podcast, y'all. I'm here. I have survived the great vacation with my fam 2023. Survived, that's such a dramatic way to say it. It was a lovely, lovely time. There's just so many series of plot twists, which if y'all have been following me for any amount of time, you understand that like plot twist is just part of the equation. Like that is just what you're going to see around here. Nothing goes according to plan. And it's so frustrating because I feel like I put out, let's keep things going according to plan vibes. Like that's the energy that I'm putting out there. Like let's prepare, let's, you know, expect the unexpected and be willing to like go with it. But I feel like there's just always the next level, which I was making a video this last week where I'm going to like personify the way that I think my brain and the world is actually just like the reality producer, Dave, that I've told you about that my fake reality producer that doesn't exist, but it feels like it's real because how does this stuff happen? Like, tell me how, <laughs> tell me how I couldn't get my passport, couldn't get my son's passport. Like the passport debacle, you already know about that. Finally got my son's passport. Like when it came, when it arrived, I literally ran to the door. Like I was just like, is this it? Is this it? Like I opened the packaging, like holding it in my hands, like, oh my God, I have to open this and it has to be right. Like it just, it was so intense. <laughs> but I'm like also dramatic. So I it was just like this moment where like, are we even going to be able to go on this trip? So we are planning to go on this cruise with my kids. It's what we gave them for Christmas was going on a vacation, a cruise. And we were so excited to take them because it was like their first cruise, their first like real vacation that was like in a different place. Like we had to get the, the whole thing. So it's finally the time to go. Okay. Like, and I have done my work as a mom on many levels. One of the levels is I know myself, I know how I get overwhelmed as a mom. So I like planned everything I possibly could to like get us all there with everything that we needed. Like I broke it down. I did next level vacation preparation with children. And I'm about to tell you something. You're going to want to write this down because what I'm about to tell you is going to change your entire life going on vacations with children. First thing I'm going to tell you is this. Vacations with children are not a vacation. They are a memory maker. Write this down. It's not a vacation. It is not a vacation. You're just parenting in a different location. Same parenting, same kids, just more scenic, if you will. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I had not realized when I was doing this, I have figured out the ultimate vacation hack for parents. If you're that parent that's like, I don't want them to ask me another question. I don't want to double check with them again if they have 47 pairs of underwear. I don't want to have to remember the thousands of details. What I'm about to tell you is going to change your life because it changed mine. My children asked me no questions this entire vacation. I want you to imagine the last time that you were in a place with a child that didn't ask you a question. And the reason why they didn't ask me a question is this, is because I had the forethought to think, the most annoying thing when you go on a trip with children is when they ask questions. So what I did, I sat down and I wrote out a, a note on the notes app, because like, we all have iPhones, right? So I wrote on a note, frequently asked questions. I literally created an entire FAQ section 
thinking, what questions do I not want to answer a thousand times while I'm on vacation with a child? And I wrote down every question I thought they would ask, and then I wrote down the answer, but it gets better. It gets better. Lean in here, because what I'm about to tell you is going to change your life. You're also on that same note before every vacation you're going to create an FAQ. And then on that same note, you are going to write down a list of exactly what your child needs to pack with a little like checkoff box next to it. And after you write that list, you're going to divide up the days and what you're going to be doing on each one of those days. And then you're going to put on those days, specific things they'll need for those days. For example, I had a general packing list for our cruise. And then I also had a breakdown of what we we're doing on each day of the cruise and what they needed to pack specifically for that day. When I tell you, my children ask me nothing. They asked me no questions on this entire vacation. And the reason why they asked me no questions is not just because I made that notes, but because I took that note and I copied it. I duplicated it. And then I created a fake but real to them quiz about the trip that they had to answer correctly. And they had to get an A on this quiz in order to get their money, their little spend budget for the trip. I literally bought my children participating in a quiz that was based on the information that I provided for them. Both of them got an A+. plus. They got every single answer on that quiz correctly. I allowed it to be like an open book style quiz so that they could look at the notes, which by the way, I printed out in advance. I printed out in advance and I read that entire note to them. This was all on separate days. So the first day I printed it out, I read it to them. And then the second day I said, all right, besties, you're about to take this quiz. And if you want $50 to spend on this little trip that we're about to do, you need to get an A. When I tell you these kids were invested, I've never seen them so invested in getting an A in anything. They, they were in it. They were reading. And of course I made it ridiculous. Like, of course I made some of the answers, like something like crazy, like, um, you know, what time are we supposed to leave in the morning that we're going to go to drive to the port? Like one of the, the answers I provided was like, I don't know, just ask mom, obviously the wrong answer. So I made it fun and interesting. They asked me nothing. And I was like, this was the answer this whole time this whole time that I've been a parent, I could have just been doing this and I didn't even think about doing this. And let me tell you, I say that note, I will never be doing a trip with them any other way. I just, it felt like to me, I was like, answer it once. And then they were super invested in like knowing the information so that they could get the cash. Like win, 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 mother win. I will give myself the award because, oh, the energy of not having to answer the same question over and over again. Love it. I love that for me. I love that you for you. Please do this. I cannot recommend doing this enough. And I feel like you could do this with any like aged kid that is able to read. And even like if they were younger, you could, you know, whatever. You could DIY in a way that they could like understand. But the whole point of this was just to free up my energy to focus on other things and making memories with them while we were on this trip. It ended up being amazing, but we when we first got there, we got this major plot twist at the beginning, which is just like, we I don't even know, like we still like go over that moment. Like we replay back in our head, like it was a movie because when we walked up, 
we're like heading to go through um, like security and this woman greets us and she hands us a piece of paper and she says something that like we didn't understand what she was saying, but essentially what she was saying is like, you're not going to the location that you booked. That's what she said. Like we walked up and she's like, you're not going to Nassau. You're not going to Perfect Day of Cocaine. You are going to Haiti. Like, and we we're, were like, cannot compute. What are you talking about? And I was like, wait, wait, what? No, like we're supposed to be going to the Bahamas. Like, and she's like, no, 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 you're not going to the Bahamas. Like you're going to Haiti. And we're just like, wait, what is going on here? And it, it was because the weather and like, we're really grateful that we kind of had that plot twist, but it just turned in like this, such as like this beautiful moment because my husband is actually Haitian Puerto Rican. And so he'd never been to Haiti. And so we all got to go as families. It was like a really beautiful plot twist, but it was just one of those moments where you're just like, oh my God, what's happening? I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. My kids are like still trying to process like the, the, the environment. And I feel like, I feel like this is one of those things that they don't tell you when you're like deciding whether or not you're going to have children. A lot of having kids is just regulating your own emotions so that they can also learn how to regulate their emotions, which means as a human, you have to be like an expert. You have to be like a plus level at regulating your own emotion, or at least like that should be the goal. It's like get somewhere in the A, maybe a solid B, but like it really changes things as a human experience raising other humans when you are not able to emotionally regulate yourself. And in that moment, just this huge plot twist of like, we are now going to a completely different place that we didn't even see coming. And I realized it's actually the trauma in my life that allowed me to be so flexible in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, what we're just our vacation, everything we've planned, all the excursions, like all the time and thought going into this is just out the window. That's fine. Like, <laughs> that's fine. We've done this before. We have done this. Before. We have been trapped in Europe with no plane home. Like we have got this. And all of a sudden, like, everybody's trying to process the information in like their own way. And I'm just like checking in like my mom, like meter is like on high alert. Cause I'm like, is everybody okay? Like, where's everybody at? This is such a moment. And I feel like that really is like sums up parenting. Like how well are you able to just chill out when you have like big plans? And I don't always do it well. I do not always do it well. At that point, I was just, I was just ready to be there. I was just happy to be there. We have passports. I was like, we have passports. I don't care where we go. Put us on the boat and off we go. I don't care. Surprise me. It doesn't matter. I just want to be here. I just want to enjoy like our trip together. Like it took so much to get to that point. I was like, you can take me anywhere. Like, just don't take me to district 12, but anywhere else, like I'm good to go. Like bring me, I will go. So it's just interesting. Like thinking back of like all these moments of like, when you are a parent out in public, you're also being judged by how well you, which I don't think is fair when you're on public as a parent, you are being judged on how well you're able to emotionally regulate yourself. And also how, how well your child is able to emotionally regulate themselves, which is not a fair marker of how well you're doing as a parent. It really isn't because kids, they are, there's a lot. It's, it's a very chaotic goose stage of the butterfly development. Okay. Like it is so, and every stage is different. There's just so much going on. It's not fair to judge how well you're parenting on is my kid screaming and having a meltdown in a toy store? Like that happened. Like, like it's not fair to judge. But like, I feel like for me as a single parent, I felt like it was even like a, another level because it was two on one. And I already felt like 
I have to, like, I've got to do this. I have to be able to go out in public with two small children by myself and have them be mini functioning munchkins. <laughs> they have to be mini functioning little peanuts that are not crying. And I'm not crying. Like that, that's also was the goal. It's like, I don't want to cry in a corner. I don't want them crying in corners. Like that was the goal. But I feel like, like, as I've grown in my mothering, I feel like that there's just like things that I always run into of like, why did no one, there's like no book that's like, okay, here is the mother, like chronicles of being a mother, 101 mom for dummies playbook. There isn't that. So I have some things that I wanted to share with you because I feel like if I had known these things, my life would have been so much more peaceful, so much more like just happiness vibes and popsicles and less are you killing me smalls like are you kidding me smalls right now like you've got to be kidding me like i cannot even believe that we're living in this moment so one of those things is if you plan on having a child go to the dollar tree like immediately you could even be pregnant when you're doing this whatever whatever stage of parenting just buy every single poster board that they have there doesn't matter the color buy them all because if your child is going to be childing especially if they're going to be in the school childing they will use thousands of posters and you just you will always be unprepared anytime that you are in a store as a parent just buy posters i cannot even believe how many moments of being a parent it went from school, how's school, everything's going, everything's good, everything's good. Mom, I have a project and it's due tomorrow and it's 9.30 at night tonight. And I was poster unprepared. Don't be poster unprepared. Be poster prepared in parenting. Just buy them. You will use them. Even if they don't use them for like school type projects, you will use them to like make little car tracks. They're going to want to do a lemonade stand like... I, the poster kid connection is just, you won't get it until you're there, but it's just like a super huge piece of paper. Like that, you check that off the list. You're going to need that. Another thing that they never tell you about being a parent is that you should never ever buy socks that are not the same color. Like all these cute, fun character socks, never buy them. Do not do it. You will regret it because you could potentially waste thousands of years of your life trying to match little socks. Don't do it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the hassle. It's not, it's not worth the one joyful moment that they're like, oh my God, like there's Paw Patrol. My sock. No, no. Paw Patrol is for other things, not socks. Just get the same color socks. I wish I had done this sooner. It took me until my kids were like nine and 10 and they're so close together that they always just wore the same size socks. So it made it really easy. I could just, you know, whatever. But uh, they were always in mishmash socks, which I don't mind. I love a mixed mask. <laughs> I can't say it. You know what I'm saying? Mismatched socks. Mismatched. Oh my God. I can't say it. I love a not matching socks moment. <laughs> I love it. So I didn't care. Like I did not care, but the school cared, which I don't know why the school cares what socks your kid is wearing. I really don't know. Like there's other more important priorities, but they would like 
really get on my kids when their socks didn't match. So I was like, forget it. I'm just throwing out every single sock and we're getting only one color sock. The best decision, the best is if you take nothing else away from this podcast, take when you're going on a uh, memory maker with your kids, you're going to make a notes app with every single thing that they need to pack. They can check it off the list, uh, buy poster boards and do not have multiple colored socks. They just need to be all, all the same color, all the same. You will save yourself so much hassle. The other thing that I feel like is not talked about enough is how kids are literally like the raccoons of human eating experience. Like they will find your favorite thing that you have been saving, like the snacks of all snacks, like your number one snack that they don't like, that they didn't want, that they think is gross. When you are not aware, they will find it in your house and they will eat it. And they will only do it when like you have been thinking about it. Like when you're like, oh my God, like I can't wait to get home and eat whatever, it will be gone. So when you're at the store, you're going to buy two of whatever your favorite snack is. Trust me, please. As an elder millennial with teenage children now, please trust that you just need to do this. One of them could be like hidden high and like away. And the other one just needs to be hidden in like a vegetable bag, like in the freezer or like just in something that's like super like gross that they would never be like, oh, I'm going to like open, like whatever it is, you are going to hide it. And you're like, do not feel like any guilt or shame about this at all. Like this is about you surviving. This is about you getting your snack needs met because these little munchkins, they are like seagulls. They will hear it from rooms away. Even if you're just like, I am going to be stealth mode. Like I'm going to get the snack from the pantry into my hidden snack closet crying area. Nope. They will know, they will find it. So you have to be very strategic about what you do and how you do it. So those are my mom tips for this week. Um, there was a lot going on this week that I, I wasn't expecting to like group it all together in the way that it kind of came together. I accidentally booked our cruise coming back the day before I was supposed to go to the Taylor Swift era's tour. And now we enter our Taylor Swift era of this podcast. And if you know, if you've been around for a minute, you already know I am a Swifty, a diehard Swifty. You can watch on my uh, Instagram stories. I have the first concert I ever went to, which was her Reputation Era concert. It's all there. Like it's probably my most watched Instagram story of all time. Like I left it pinned because you guys love it. You think it's hilarious. I didn't do a story this time for this era, but I did a lot of like self-awareness introspection about like this whole experience because I first of all to even get these tickets I had to sit for six hours in front of my computer in the most chaotic ridiculous ticket master debacle I ever could imagine I I had no idea what to expect in trying to get these tickets but I did not expect what happened because I was sitting for six hours and half of that time, the, the queue was just stopped completely. And I was like, what is going on? I have no idea. It was, you know, showing a bar of progress, except I wasn't progressing. And I'm like, what is going on? And everyone was saying like, don't refresh the screen. Like it was so chaotic to just even get into the queue to get to that point and then i'm sitting there for six hours six hours and suddenly like it starts creeping up and for three hours i just watch it creep and i'm like i'm gonna get these tickets i'm gonna get these tickets and so i get into the queue and literally as i'm in there the tickets are just vanishing like 
it looked like the most chaotic, like alien invasion of ticket snatching you could possibly imagine. I I was like, what is happening right now? You'd see all these blue like dots and they would just disappear. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I, I just have to get seats. I don't care what seats they are. So I clicked on the Ticketmaster. I was like, hey, like give me the best seats, you know, just to kind of like, okay, Ticketmaster, you decide what are the best seats. Just go pick them. It literally picked behind the stage, behind the stage. That's what it was going to have me. And I was like, oh, mm -mm, mm -mm, I did not just sit here for six hours, sit behind the stage. So I finally like find three seats. I just got them. I was like, got out. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I got tickets. And I didn't realize at the time, like it was like nearly impossible to get them. And you know, now it's like, I don't know, it says like, you have a better chance of getting into Harvard than you do to get Taylor Swift. It's like, oh my God, I got them. And I got them for my daughter and my best friend. And we're just like, oh my God, we're going, we're going. And every single day I was like checking the tickets to make sure they didn't get, you know, disappear or whatever. So there's so much anticipation. And then I booked our cruise. The, we came back the day before and I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. I can plan this whole cruise and plan an entire reputation era the outfit it's fine it'll all be fine and it was, it was fine we ended up um going to this event right before the concert just like hang out with other swifties and it was at this event that i realized a few things because when i went the first time to reputation era it was i just either wasn't aware or, or i was just so like excited to even have gone to a taylor swift concert that i wasn't paying attention or this concert was just a different vibe like i don't know which one it is i'm thinking it's this was a different vibe because we had so much anticipation to even get tickets that everybody really came and like showed up like most people were dressed up head to toe covered in sequins, glitter, everybody was representing their era. And so we went to this Taylor Swift event before the actual concert. Um, and it was really fun. And I was looking around and I realized that the Taylor Swifts are like the Swifties, <laughs> Taylor Swift, the Swifties in this environment, it felt like a Taylor Swift Comic-Con. It felt like everybody here is, has fallen in love with listening to the same music while they were in the middle of their most traumatic moment. Like that, that's really all I could try is like, oh, I, I know your album. Like, I know, I know you're that girl that is wearing flowers in her hair and you're crying in the woods. You're throwing yourself on, on like a meadow and you're flowers everywhere and you're just crying about whatever. And, and then I like think about my era and my era is like, I'm sitting on a red throne with snakes. Like that, that is, that's how I'm processing my drama. <laughs> so like, it felt like a sequin glitter Comic-Con explosion of like seeing what album each person processed their trauma to, which I was absolutely there for. Like every single person looks so amazing. And um, I got to talk to like so many different, like unique people that were equally obsessed with being just as dramatic as I am. And that made me feel at home. It really did. It made me feel like you get me, you get the way that I'm dramatic and never let anything go. And I feel like Taylor attracts people like that, which I'm here for it. Like who does not want to sing about their crush that they had when they were 16 and they're 36. I mean, that's just like, where I was like, yeah, of course, of course we have not gotten over it. Of course we're still talking about it. Like I feel like Daryl Swift has never gotten over anything. And also I've never gotten over anything. So I'm like, I get you girl. Like I get 
please tell me, like sing me another song about that moment that I will never fully recover from. And I feel like that that is like, that encapsulates how I feel about the reputation era. Like, I feel like once reputation came out and a couple years went by of my own, just like drama and crazy life experiences, I entered my reputation era and I have not left. I am still a reputation girl. I'm still in it. I'm still in the thick of it. And I feel like, will I ever come out of it? I don't know. I don't think so. I was just running to reputation yesterday with my dog. Like I'm just running, listening. And I have like so many moments of like walking that same sidewalk near my house. And like, I am dance singing. And if you don't know what dance singing is, um, just imagine, just imagine like just somebody who's just like in their feelings, running, dance, singing. And I used to do this at the I used to do this at the gym and I'm glad I don't anymore because now there's way different social media. But um, if anybody ever sees me running, dance, singing to Taylor in my area, you didn't. You didn't see me, please. Just let that be a private experience because I'm in my feelings and I want to feel them and I don't need anybody. I don't need that on the internet. Okay, nobody needs that on the internet. So I have so many moments of doing this and it was so cool. Like when we're at this event to like see other reputation stands for me, because I feel like that album just doesn't give it enough up. Anyway, it was so much fun doing that. And we met this, like this, um, amazing mom who came over to my daughter and was like obsessed with her outfit, which by the way, I'm going to tell you something right now. And I I'm proud of it. And I also have feelings. My, child is the main character. She is absolutely the main character. And I am the side character in her story. And I'm going to tell you why I know that every single place. I want you to imagine every moment that this child is not in my home. There are people coming up to her and complimenting her style, her outfit, her fit, her accessories. I, I don't even exist in her world. And I'm like, this is giving me like, this is why I have feelings. It's giving me reminder of like my childhood experience of like, I was never the main character. I was always like everybody's like goofy side buddy, but like I am, I'm totally okay with being her side character because she has entered her understanding herself, her vibe, her energy, her clothing. Like she, so she's at this Taylor Swift event and this woman comes over to her and she's like, I love your outfit so much. I need a video. I need a picture. And like, she was there with her older daughter and her daughter's friend. And they were just like, oh my gosh, your outfit, your outfit's so amazing to my daughter. And, um, I, I just was standing there and I'm like, this is my norm now. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing or how much I'm like, everyone's like heart eyes for my kid, which I'm so proud of. And I love, and I'm just like being silly. Of course, like I want her to be the main character, but a little bit, I want to be the main character. <laughs> but a little bit, I want to be thinking, but I love that she's having her moment. And I, this is where like, I feel like people don't understand how cool Gen Z is. Gen Z is the most amazing generation. I have never seen so much love, acceptance, kindness, bravery, compliments, her, her people, her generation run up to her and are like, girl, you look amazing. I'm loving everything you're doing. She gets comments on her hair. Like it is so beautiful to see. And I'm like, we could learn so much from Gen Z because they just are so incredible and they don't put up with anything. They don't put up with anything. If you are talking 
any kind of trash about anyone, they will sit you down so fast. They will see, they will stand up for each other. They come beside each other. They are body positive. Like I'm telling you, they are the coolest people. I went to my daughter's first concert with her. And like, of course she's head to toe, like strawberries. Everybody's commenting her. Everything's like just everything I'm just saying, like she's been complimented so much. And it was just like, oh my gosh, so cool to see that. And she's feeling herself and it's beautiful. And then we actually get into the concert and it was Gen Z. It was just all Gen Z and just watching them entertain themselves with each other. They were holding up their phones. Um, like they were holding up their phones with like pictures of different characters on it. And so like everybody could see, like everybody behind them could see. So we're waiting for the concert to start. So these people would hold up pictures and everyone would go, yay, or like cheer. And then if it was like someone like not great, they would like all boo. Like it was, and they were all just entertaining and interacting with each other. And I'm like, this is so cool. I feel like we all could learn so much from them. I just, I just absolutely love them. And I love, like, I'm so grateful for just the love and support that they've given her, like to watch my kid be so um, rallied around and encouraged and inspired by her peers is so cool. Like, I'm so excited to see what else they do. And, and I just, I can't say enough good things about my experience with Gen Z. Like they are so cool, including my kids. Like they are such cool people and their sense of humor is so much fun and amazing. And they're really brilliant, talented kids. And I'm really grateful that I get to be their mom. Um, so I just, I, I love them. If you don't have a Gen Z in your life, like you are missing out. They are the coolest people, like go to a young concert, like get to know them. They're, they're super cool. But we were surrounded by a lot of different ages at this particular Taylor Swift event. So this mom comes over, it's common in her outfit and like really hyping her up and like probably 20 people compliment her outfit. It was amazing. So this particular mom like made conversation with us and I was talking to her daughter who was younger. And I realized in that moment um, that I really wanted to like ask for their social media. I wanted to be like, hey, like you are really cool. Like I would like really love to like connect with you. Like I'd really love to get to know you like that kind of thing. But like I realized in that moment, like I absolutely don't know how to like make friends now. I really don't like, I just really struggle to understand what do I do? How do I bridge this gap from we're talking right now, we're vibing, this is really cool. And I wanna be your friend. And I feel like I struggle too, because because I have a following. I, I don't tell people when I'm out and about that I have a following or that like, I guess people would consider me an influencer, but I struggle with that. So here's a little side quest on the influencer bar. I, I, I am an influencer. Like that's how you would describe what it is that I do, but I feel like I don't fit how people see influencers because I am an entrepreneur first and I kind of stumbled into influencing accidentally, but I feel like influencers get such a bad reputation for no reason. Like I feel like the hate that I've seen towards influencers in general is so upsetting and frustrating, especially knowing what it takes to actually be an influencer and, and what it takes mentally and the creativity that's involved and the strategy that's involved. Like it is definitely not something that is easy to do, or just, you just show up and like suddenly everything just works. Like it takes a lot of mental strength and checking in with yourself and a lot of self-discovery, a lot of business strategy to be an influencer. And I know that there are some personalities that definitely could rub people the wrong way. Like that's how it would be in any industry, but it seems like at large, 
influencers have a really bad reputation. And so it's hard for me when I'm meeting new people and I want to be like, yeah, let's connect on social media. I feel like I pause because I'm like, I don't want to have a connection with somebody that like isn't cool with having a following or I definitely don't want to jump into a relationship being like, be friends with me because I have a following, like none of that. Like I don't connect to any of that at all. Like I never tell people what I do. I never tell them about my social media. I remember I was sitting on a plane with next to this woman and she was talking about this concert she was going to. And she was like, oh my gosh, do you have TikTok? Like I'm, I'm going to this concert. I found these people on TikTok, like whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, I have TikTok. And then I just left it. Cause I was like, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I feel like I don't know what to do. And you guys definitely need to help me weigh in on it because I feel like I just struggle with how do I bridge the gap between like, you're really cool. I want to connect with you. Here's me on social media, but like, I'm not a terrible person. Like, please don't think that what I do is ridiculous. And that is really, that's really difficult. It's actually one of my insecurities is like, I feel like will people take me seriously or respect my intelligence as a creator if they know that I rep brands or if they know that I have a following or even like even just seeing some of my ridiculous videos I'm like please let nobody I know in real life see these <laughs> like, I even get embarrassed when my husband watches them I'm like you're not allowed to watch them in front of me I cannot film while you're in the same room like there's this whole thing that like goes into like me mentally just being able to do what I do so I feel like just meeting somebody that's a stranger feels so vulnerable so I don't necessarily want to be like hey like find me on TikTok because I don't really, I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to receive me. So I just feel like really insecure, but I feel like I don't know how to make friends now as an adult. I, we, my husband and I went and did a couple escape rooms over the weekend, which if you know me in real life, you know that like escape rooms are like my thing, like our thing as a couple, we've done 42 escape rooms and we are not stopping there. Like we absolutely love them. We are obsessed with them. Like they are our escape. We love them. So we went and did two of them this last weekend and we met this beautiful soul who was sharing with us about like, um, what she does and in the rooms we did two rooms. So in between the rooms we were making conversation and I was asking her about, uh, more about the escape rooms. And she said, she's actually an escape room designer. And of course, like my eyes are just like heart eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, like, tell me more. She actually designed one of our favorite escape rooms in the area. And we were just like in awe because she kind of felt like a celebrity to us because we we're like, that's our favorite room. Like we love it. And so where I was of course asking about the process. So I'll tell you what she said when they're creating an escape room, they actually start with the room first. So they look at like the space. So in this particular room that she designed, she said it was really small. So we were thinking about, could it be like an alien abduction? What are small um, spaces? So they don't start with the story. They actually start with the actual room that they're going to build out. And that helps them set the story depending upon what the room looks like. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Anyway, so I was like sitting there talking to her and I was thinking about how we're going to do an escape room type thing at our house one day. And like, we have it all planned out. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you should just invite her. You should just invite her. You should just like get her contact. And I couldn't. And I don't know what my deal is. Like, I remember when I was little, you just meet someone cool. You're like, do you want to be my friend? You're just like, yeah, that's how I made my first friend. My first friend in kindergarten came up to me and she's like, do you want to be my friend? And I was like, yes. And so we were friends for like years, like best friends for years. But now as an adult, I was like, do you, do you like, you're cool. What should we do with this? Like, I don't know. So I didn't say anything. And when we got in the car, my husband was like, oh my gosh, you and her like vibe, like you guys were like so similar. And 
I could tell that you guys really got along. And I was like, I know I felt that way too. I just didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know like how to, I don't know how to bridge the gap between, I think you're cool and let's be friends. Don't know as an adult, I have no idea. Like I need to like, just like dive into the TikTok world of like, teach me, teach me how to do this. I tried to do, um, Bumble BFF and I ran into a lot of um, women that were trying to recruit for their MLMs and that's just not something I'm interested in and so I felt like that was a little bit of a struggle but alas here we are I, I guess like I just need to like do some more research on it like I'm sure there's a millennial out there that's like we don't know how to be friends here's a book that I wrote like please yes teach me how I feel like too in in making more friends it also feels like how do you maintain like deep friendships when you feel like there's so many plot twists going on in your life, which was definitely me for a very, very long time. And my therapist finally had to tell me like, you know, there's, it's okay to have seasons in your life where you are not being everyone's best friend. Like it's okay to have times in your life where you're kind of taking care of yourself and you're, you know, when you're in survival mode, it's really hard to be able to give from an empty cup. And so she was just like validating, like, Hey, this is this isn't the season for you to be building out, you know, all these different friendships. And also, like, she reminded me that a lot of times when we see online with like the big friend groups, like big friend groups, like what, where, where, where in my life? But like seeing them online, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how do these girls have so like this huge like bridal party and all this stuff? And she was reminding me like a lot of times people will have a lot of friends, but it doesn't mean that they're deep great friends they just you know have larger group of friends and i'm like oh those are the experts those are the experts and that is not me and that's okay like i will stay in my lane of like introvert but like trying to get my you know put my toe out there but man it's just been it's been a hot hot minute since i felt like i connected with so many people and now i'm like where are they <laughs> i didn't get their information for either of them because i felt so weird like we ended up hugging the mom and her daughter at the taylor swift concert we hugged them and they're like oh my gosh it was so nice to meet you and i was just like yeah bye like i'll never see you again i don't know it's just like a sad dramatic moment but anyway that wraps up what's going on in my world thank you so much for listening i can't wait to talk to you again more I love doing this podcast. It's been so much fun. I just want to say thank you so much for all your support and love. Please share this with someone that you feel like might enjoy this. And definitely if you're on YouTube, like, and subscribe and let me know that you're here. Leaving a comment means so much to me just to know that like you enjoyed this. This gave you something. That is why I'm here. I want to give to you. I want to entertain you. And also I want to be in journey with you. So thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.